0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 169. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Riley Bowman, and today I'm joined by the ever-present Jacob Paulson.
1: Ever present? What do you mean by that? Like I'm just I'm always there. Like ah, uh, he won't go away. <laughs>
0: sure. Well, you you have always been there for like the last you know two or three weeks at least. Okay. You know, no excuses. You know, taking off on you know trips. You're the only your one who's been on every
1: and... single podcast episode.
0: I know because I'm committed to the program. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Anyway, uh, today is our usual news episode, and today's episode is brought to you by the Glock eTrainer. ConcealedCarry.com brings you a simple and inexpensive tool to elevate your dry fire training. No tools required, just slip on the Glock Easy Trainer and you can run drills, work on trigger manipulation, and much more without having to rack the slide to reset the trigger after each trigger press. Learn more at www.glocketrainer.com. That is G L O C K E, as in E Z T R A I N E R.com. Glocketrainer.com. And this is a cool little dry fire training device uh, that uh, I'm just super stoked about, Jacob.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I just saw some uh, Big Gunner 81 posted a review on his YouTube channel yesterday. And, uh, yeah, this is a brand new product to the market, so it's just barely starting to get some awareness, and people dig it. We're getting good reviews.
0: Right, yeah, and just in, I guess, in full disclosure, in case there's any confusion, uh, concealedcarry.com, this is our product that we're bringing to market here at least in the United States Uh, it's actually uh, manufactured and and designed and it was invented by a guy in Greece and uh, we secured the uh, nationwide distribution rights for this because we thought it was a worthwhile uh, dry fire tool to invest in and we wanted to make it super easy to get it into your folks' hands so there you go and I'm so excited that we're actually officially talking about it now too
1: yeah, it's a, it's a it's a thing where you know, it's launched. It's official. <laughs> I, I love this. I love the simplicity. I love that if you get if you go buy this thing, and it's it's like twenty five bucks. It's not expensive, but you're gonna put it on your Glock and you go, "Wow, that was simple." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is that simple. And you know, sorry that it is limited to Glock pistols. Uh, there's, you know, the nature of the Glock and the simplicity of the Glock is really what makes this device. Possible, and we've looked at other guns and models out there, and we're not sure we can really expand the line to other models. But it is available for virtually all Glocks. Uh, there's two types: ones that'll fit the, uh, you know, basically your nine millimeter and forty caliber size Glocks, and then one that fits your like forty-five caliber Glocks, uh, the little bit wider frame and and stuff. And then we're hopefully going to have a Glock 42, 43 model soon maybe we'll see might be a little early to throw that out there but we're, it's being worked on so anyway um, cool stuff check it out glocketrainer.com today's training tip is a simple one I because I was thinking about this with myself recently Jacob and I was struggling with a particular drill uh, really just a simple fundamental exercise uh, relating to manipula- manipulating my firearm uh, and I realized I just needed to slow down, you know, and, and go back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals, make sure I nailed it solidly while going slow, and then just do a bunch of repetitions and work my speed back up. And I know that sounds so simple and, and maybe almost like a a cop out of sorts for a training tip, but actually I got to thinking about it. And I, I think that's a great training tip because sometimes we do get trapped into those uh, those places, you know, we get to where we, we're very comfortable with certain skills and with doing certain things, and sometimes we just need to slow down every once in a while, breathe in a you know a nice, nice deep breath of fresh air, and re re or, or go back to like I said, the basics, rebuilding on those fundamentals.
1: Yeah, this also has a great benefit of rebuilding confidence. Sometimes you know I get I'll get frustrated, I'm like oh my gosh, this is just not going my way. I am not you know performing how i want to perform and if i just say you know slow it down you know just take your time let's just make sure let's just prove to ourselves we can do this then it's like oh okay i, I can't do this <laughs> you know like I, the, the skill is there i just i just gotta remember to really perform all of these fundamentals correctly and then you know scale the speed
0: that's right and I, it's a fundamental it's a simple thing you know that the that fact of just doing a slow and repeating a bunch and then gradually picking up the speed, it, it applies to almost every skill in the shooting world. So anyway, take a breath, slow down, make sure you're doing it right as opposed to just doing it fast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Guardian Nation and Sports Afield. And because it's on my mind and I want to get it out there right now, that This episode, by the time it goes live, you're going to have just a few hours left to uh, join Guardian Nation if you're not already. So you could be eligible to win the custom-built zombie-slash-Halloween-edition Glock. It's a Gen 5 Glock 19, custom-built by Culper Precision. It's a sweet gun, and you just have a few hours left to make sure you're a member of Guardian Nation so you have a chance to win it. So, let's get into our news stories for the day. First up, and I love this story, Jacob. Uh, This one pumps me up. I love seeing stories where someone that was on the other side of things, and by that I mean they were pro-gun control, and they see the light, and they come around and go, you know what? I was wrong. And like, nothing makes me happier. Uh, I think I'd like to think that that happens more often than the reverse. I might be wrong in that, but uh, I'm going to be optimistic and hope that more often than not, people uh, realize they're wrong about gun control and they come over to uh, they come over from the dark side,
1: yeah, yeah, this is pretty exciting. So this is Ken Stern, former CEO of NPR, National Public Radio. And he apparently has some new book out, and this is news to me, but it's called Republican Like Me, How I Left the Liberal Bubble and Learned to Love the Right. And Oh, he's, there's,
0: there's the problem. That's why he's no longer the CEO of NPR.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know the order of events, but, but, but I'm sure the two are related in some way. Um, so, so yeah, this is a guy who's changed some of his views, not just related to gun control, but I think, you know, more generally speaking, but here's what I appreciate about this. As you kind of read through some of the statements he's making, what he's essentially saying is the gun control debate is really a waste of time. He's not necessarily saying it's wrong. He's saying it's a waste of time uh, because what he says, for example, here we go. Uh, noting that crime has dropped over the past two decades while gun ownership has spiked. Quote, The most extraordinary trend in modern American criminal history, Stern explained, at the same time the number of guns have gone up. These two things aren't correlated, but it's clear we know how to drive down gun murders without gun control. And the question is, why are we talking about gun control when there's other things we've been doing for 25 years that actually have reduced murders in this country by an extraordinary amount? End quote. So you know, as kind of as I read through this, I kind of got the sense that he's like, "What? Why are we even talking about gun control? Like, it's just it's not moving the needle. We we already know what moves the needle. Like, let's focus on that."
0: Right. So uh, I I realized that much like the headline of this story, I sort of buried the lead in that. Uh, in that you're right that he wasn't exactly saying that he's completely turned 180 degrees on this, and now he is pro gun all the way. Uh, but that is kind of what he's saying in a degree. I mean, he does admit that he's still he's still fine with certain gun control measures, even though he realizes they're not going to have a major effect on crime. Uh, I, I take that more of as a um, that's like a you know I don't care position, and you know like I think he's not going to put up a fight about certain gun control measures, but he's seen the light as, as far as. Gun control is not about, and it, it, it both, and by the way, it's not, a. it is not about reducing crime and reducing murders, even though that's what the anti-gunners say it is, uh, because for them, it's really about just taking guns away from people, gun confiscation, right? But it's also not about reducing murders and crime because... We recognize, like he just said there, he, ma- he he makes the best case. And this is the case that we've made numerous times on this podcast that while guns have sp- like literally spiked. I mean, how many times did we report last year, Jacob, particularly during the, the run-up to the election, about how every month was a record-setting month for gun purchases?
1: Yeah, constantly.
0: And yet we, we still see gun-related crime and murders um, going down. So, except for maybe in like Chicago.
1: <laughs> well, even in Chicago, it's getting better actually, but
0: uh, it's probably true.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 for one, frankly, am like tired of the let's beat on Chicago drum. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's very productive, but everyone else just keeps wanting to, you know, beat on that horse. I just
0: can't help myself. I know. It. <laughs> anyway, um, Still fighting this darn cold, uh, so th- I, you know. Th- like I said, th- this is a cool story that just pumped me up seeing because uh, you know he's he's on MSNBC. By the way, there's a video clip in this news story from GunsAmerica.com where he's talking on MSNBC, which is very anti-gun as far as network channels go, and he he's he's telling them these simple facts and simple truths. And that's awesome. You know, let's get that word out there on those channels that oftentimes don't lean that way. All right. On to our next news story from Illinois News Network. That's ilnews.org. And this story also pumps me up because it is Illinois House rejects gun control measure written in response to Las Vegas mass shooting.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me, let me just tell a story. So I'm sitting in a Halloween party uh, this last weekend and a guy comes up to me. He's a, he's a friend though. You know, he's a lawyer. He knows nothing about guns. Right. And he says, Jacob, I want to get your take on something. I was listening to NPR. That's where I knew we were going bad direction. Right. He was listening to NPR. Jacob, I was listening to NPR and uh, I wanted to know what you think about these efforts to ban these, these bump bump. What are they called? You yeah, know, like bump stocks. Yes, yes. Those, you know, and, um, I said, you know, I talked about what you and I had talked about on the podcast, how this legislation primarily is written in such a way as to go beyond bump stocks. Because any decent lawmaker knows that if you outlaw something, then someone will make something that's very similar, that is not defined in the law, and it'll just still be there. So these lawmakers are basically saying, okay, let's outlaw anything that increases the rate of fire, well, the, the problem is that that's really far reaching now. It's like, well, there was, there was no middle ground. So you had to go all the way to this extreme of in, limiting anything that, you know, increases the rate of fire. And now we're talking about very simple things like triggers. <laughs> I mean, right. it, 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 then, then what? Now do we have to legislate, you know, how many pounds of pressure a manufacturer has to build into a trigger? You know, it would, it just, it, it, it'll never make sense. And this is a great story out of Illinois because clearly some of them were listening.
0: Yeah, it's a great story because, first of all, it is Illinois, a state that, you know, in the past has passed many gun control measures. Uh, this is a state where, I mean, gun registration is a very real thing. For firearm owners' is a, registration is a real thing. I mean, you have to have a firearm owner's ID card to buy a gun. And... You know, that, that that's amazing to me, by the way, the fact that firearm owners themselves are in a way registered.
1: Well, uh, let me ask this question. Do, and you Illinois listeners, you can answer this. You should send me an email. At, you just send it to podcast at podcast.consultecare.com. But in Illinois, don't you have to have that FOID card just to buy ammo? Oh, boy. Uh... That might be true. So don't quote me on that. You guys in Illinois, send me an email and tell me if that's true. But I think in Illinois, you might even need that FOID card just to buy ammunition. Mm. Don't quote me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, still, like it's just—I mean, we talk about gun registration all the time, right? And the fear and the real dangers of that. And this is a state that has firearm owner (laughs) registration, and this this is promising when you have a state like that and in its legislature that strikes down legislation like this. This this bill was patterned after the proposed bill on the national level that was all about these uh, it was not just about bump stocks it was about fire control or trigger uh, 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 modifications Right. That could increase the rate of fire, as you touched on, Jacob. And, you know, the, the opponents of this bill, including some Democrats that were opposed to this on one of them, in particular, Representative Jerry Costello, a Democrat from Smithton, uh, Illinois. He said this bill goes too far. It would outlaw nearly half of the guns owned legally in the state, including many used by law enforcement officers. Uh, he, his quote, his official quote is: "I would argue to the members of this body, this bill covers forty to fifty percent of guns, guns that are used for hunting or for competition." So, uh, by the way, this legislation would have made possessing a weapon with a trigger enhancement device a class two felony. I mean, this is a pretty serious uh, penalty. This was a serious bill. So it's promising to see a state where firearm owner registration is a very real thing that they couldn't even get on board with this this bill patterned after the sa- same one that's been proposed in the U.S. House in direct response to this Las Vegas massacre. So bravo to Illinois, bravo to to those that stood on the right side of this issue. By the way, it's reported the very last uh, paragraph of this article, a second less broad bill regulating bump stocks filed by Representative Barb Wheeler, Republican from Crystal Lake, is stuck in rules committee. You know what? I don't even have a comment on that, Representative Wheeler. Stupid. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Okay, so... Fox News reports gun control activists, specifically referring to Every Town for Gun Safety, the uh, this is the Every Town for Gun Safety Action Fund, which of course is founded and funded in large part by Michael Bloomberg. They are pouring another seven hundred thousand dollars into Virginia state elections. Virginia is a hotbed right now uh, for this current cycle of elections. There's some really hot races. I mean, the things are heating up there, and every town is pouring in. They, they've in total, they've pulled poured in millions of dollars to these state races in Virginia. They're doing everything they can to make sure they get pro gun control. Uh, 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 legislators and you know in in that state government there. So uh they're donating four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Democrat Ralph Northam in his race against Republican Ed Gillespie. Another two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just on mailers supporting Northam. Uh they're pouring in three hundred thousand dollars into Democrat Attorney General Mark Herring's reelection bid. Uh so talk about a, you know, a, a major organization getting really involved in local and state politics. Uh, we've seen that a little bit here in Colorado in years past, you know, back in 2013 when our gun control, most recent gun control laws were passed here.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I hope that Bloomberg goes broke somehow on all this spending he does because it really is clearly not making much a difference. I mean, how much money did he spend on the presidential election? All that money is gone, you know? Wow, yeah. It's... And unfortunately, here's the other sad thing is, you know, where that money goes, it supports media organizations, you know, that 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 money goes to TV channels and stations, radio stations, it goes to newspapers, it goes in large part to a lot of organizations They're already anti-gun. So, unfortunately, it's not like the money completely disappears when when he wastes it like this. It does go to continue to support his agenda in in some parts or in some ways. But here's an interesting quote I liked from this article. Um, This is coming from a... Breen Craig, who's a senior strategist for Everytown for Gun Safety, and she says, we are making this initial investment because Ralph Norum and Mark Herring have been forceful champions for gun violence prevention in Virginia, while their opponents subscribe to a dangerous guns everywhere agenda. (laughs) And I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, all of a sudden apparently if now if you're pro-gun, you love gun violence and you think guns should be everywhere and if you're anti-gun if you're pro gun control then then what you really are is a forceful champion for gun violence prevention and that really just kind of makes me a little bit frustrated you know that anyone would label me because i i believe in gun rights and the second amendment someone would label me as being you know in favor of gun violence or in favor of dangerous agendas that's that's a that's a bit insulting
0: sure Well, for the record, I am in favor of guns being everywhere. Uh, But uh, as far as gun violence, the best way to combat gun violence and other violent crime is by having guns everywhere in the hands of law-abiding citizens, in my opinion. It works out. (laughs) Yeah. so, So we've got a story a little bit later, actually, about how a good guy with a gun stops a terrible kidnapping. Let's move on now to the Sacramento Bee, who reports uh, that the 49ers, so the Sac- San Francisco 49ers, professional, you know, National Football League team, uh, they, just this last week, they made news because uh, they have launched an initiative to ban bump stocks.
1: And by initiative, basically, they just given some money to a campaign that's out there fighting this battle.
0: Yeah, $500,000 toward a campaign to ban bump stocks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, no surprise here as far as that the uh, San Francisco Police Department uh, well, actually, excuse me, they were joined by Sacramento, Los Angeles, San Jose, New York, Portland, Oregon, and elsewhere. A bunch of police departments uh, saying that they uh, support them, you know, in this initiative, uh, that they applaud them for their efforts to to do this. Um, by the way, when when you when you hear that, realize that most like ninety plus percent of your law enforcement officers out there are generally very pro gun. But when you have police departments like this, supposedly jumping on board with pro gun control issues, it's. Those police departments chiefs, which is a political appointee in most cases appointed by pro gun control city councils and stuff. So, yeah, no surprise there. But and by the way, I know because I know how some of the internal politics of these police departments work. And we deal with this all the time right here at Denver, Colorado, where, you know, the police chief will do something that kind of goes against second amendment rights or suggests or says something stupid like that. And like 90 plus percent of his officers underneath him go, Oh geez. So, because they, they, they understand they're, they're the ones on the streets and they understand how things work actually on the street. They understand how many people, how many law abiding citizens save lives and stop crime because they are able to lawfully carry a gun.
1: Yep. I don't know if I have any comments other than... I I would be curious to know from listeners, this is something you could send us an email about if you wanted. I would be interested to know if if this in any way influences the way you think about the football team. Like, in other words, do you care... That some executives at the 49ers are trying to ban bump stocks. Does that influence your feeling about them as a football team? If maybe you love the 49ers as a football team, does does this make you say, oh, I can't root for them anymore? Or do you say, I don't give a crap what their executives think about gun control? This is my team.
0: I'll tell you what it tells me. I mean, number one, I've never liked the 49ers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Easy and for now, you then.
0: <laughs> I hate them even more. Um, I think it's ridiculous that a pro sports team get involved in an issue like this, you know what? Worry about playing football. You're an entertainment organization. I watch football because I'm entertained by it. I enjoy it. And I have been really soured towards the National Football League this year. I'm not going to go into uh, – you folks catch my drift. You know what I'm referring to. I've been greatly soured and this just i know yeah this just sours that even more play football
1: interesting cuz i disagree i mean as far as i'm concerned if you're uh, a corporation you're welcome to spend your money however you want now we're well, I-, I agree well, I, I get agree frustrated that. is that anybody who thinks that they have some level of influence because of fame thinks that they should somehow be more influential than anyone else, right? That because you are an executive of a football team does not mean you know anything more about gun control than than you know any other human adult in the country. So that that I do get frustrated when celebrities and people like try and come forth and suggest that their opinion is somehow more valuable or that they're somehow more knowledgeable. So if that's what you're implying, I'm with you. Like stick to your business. But if you want to spend your money on this crap, like be my guest. It's your cash.
0: Well, okay. I mean, I am completely in agreement that because. I, I believe in free American principles that absolutely a corporation, a business, an individual is welcome to spend money on, on whatever they want. But I, I, <laughs> there, they have zero relation to this issue. It, it, like you just said, Jacob, it's completely outside of their expertise. They're sports players. They are, Experts in performing athletic feats.
1: Well, actually, in this case, the people making the decisions are just business owners.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but but the football. I saw another story. I mean, it's not just executives. I mean, yes, the team has pledged this, but there's a number of players on their team too that are completely on. on you know, it's it's this is a team effort. It comes from all sides, and uh, you know, just just go play football. You know, because it just you know professional sports is one thing that for a long time in this country has remained untouched by politics for the most part. I mean, there, are, there have been some exceptions, no doubt, because and it is one thing where regardless of what side of issues you were on, we could unite around teams in our communities or in our States or in our cities, or maybe not in our cities or States, you know, we just like a particular team. It was one place where people from all across the board could unite enjoy some time together and not be constantly bickering about politics in this year more than ever we've seen politics come into the sports arena and it makes me it really frustrates me that thats my point what i'm trying to get at but so just go play ball um it's gonna take a while though for me to feel inclined to support the nfl again um <laughs> It, that, assuming they get their act together. Speaking of another sports team, sort of related issue, this wasn't so, not not so much about the team, but uh, reported on FoxNews.com, uh, MLB's Bruce Maxwell, and specifically this is the uh, Oakland Athletics catcher. I believe he's a rookie, or or maybe this is his second year. I don't remember exactly, but he's a, he's a fairly new player, Bruce Maxwell, who knelt during the anthem. He was the only person on his team uh, to do so. The is arrested.
1: only person in the entire league during the season to kneel during a national anthem.
0: You know, and I saw that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw or heard about other players somewhere else kneeling, but that, that maybe what, that could be. That's what Fox News says. Yeah. yeah. It, well, yeah, and Fox News is right about everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> <So. laughs> But uh, but that could be all right. So he's certainly the only guy on his team. Perhaps he is the only MLB player the entire uh, uh, in the entire uh, MLB uh, league. Thank you <laughs> to Neil during the anthem, and uh, so he has been arrested on a gun charge.
1: Yeah, he's in big trouble. Allegedly, he pointed a gun at a female food delivery person in Scottsdale, Arizona. So Scottsdale police say officers went to his home last Saturday night after getting a call about a person with a gun. He was booked on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and disorderly conduct. And this is not the first time something weird's been going on here. There was there's another interesting one where uh, last week, last week, Maxwell claimed during a visit to his hometown of Huntsville, Alabama, that he was refused service at a restaurant because of his protest, but a waiter at that restaurant said that he was outright lying and he doesn't even know who Bruce Maxwell is. So, this guy, you know, drama seems to surround him a little bit, and you know, who's to say what of all these things are true? What's clear is uh at least there must have been enough evidence for the police to charge him and book him for aggravated assault, a deadly weapon and disorderly conduct.
0: Yeah. That's all I have on that. Yeah. Moving on. DeSantis, uh long, you know, time well-known holster manufacturer. Uh, I've got a few DeSantis holsters. In fact, uh, this article on guns.com written by our friend Jackie over there, uh, she, the whole point of this is that uh, DeSantis has announced they have new holster options for the Hudson H9. Uh, that's pretty much the reason why we're reporting on this because we're, we're fans of Hudson. We've had Cy and Lauren on our uh, uh, on our show, the Guardian Nation live broadcast. We had Cy on our podcast a number of episodes ago, uh, dozens of episodes ago now, I guess. Uh, because the Hudson H9 is just a freaking cool gun. Still waiting on mine to get shipped to me for uh, testing and evaluation. Uh, Sai tells me it's coming. <laughs> so, but I, I have seen uh, out there on the social sphere that uh, individuals that had these on order have been receiving them. They are out there in the wild. Uh, they look great and I'm excited to finally get one and it looks like a few other holster manufacturers are on board with making holsters for them.
1: Yeah and yeah I've seen uh, Advanced Holster as a company also that I think has a holster now for the H9. Um, so it's good to see DeSantis you know come on board with a couple of options as well. We'll keep an eye out. I'm sure that you know there's gonna be a lot of companies that show up with holsters now for this gun.
0: Oh yeah yeah uh, you know the from what I can't say anything official on record and not that Psy has told me anything officially either, but they've hinted that sales of the H nine have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of them out there. There's going to be even more. Uh, and uh, Hudson, I, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon as far as they're, they're in this for the long haul. They've got a lot of other great ideas and designs up their sleeves uh, for future models. And so, yeah, Uh, like you said, there's going to be more holsters coming as well. So awesome. Cool. Glad to hear that news. Um, our first justified story is the one I teased a little bit ago about a good guy with a gun stops a kidnapping. And this was reported in the Las Vegas review journal, reviewjournal.com. And this is a, this is an incredible story. Um, this happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, Well, October 19th. Yeah, getting pretty close to a couple weeks now. It was uh, habit, not heroism, that caused Justin Pearson to grab his gun, it says. But seconds later, that weapon enabled Pearson to stop a kidnapping taking place just outside his Vegas home on October 5th. Oh, yeah, that's what I knew I'd seen that somewhere. So it was uh, a couple weeks ago. "'We heard this real loud noise outside,' said Pearson, age 36. "'I opened up the door, and this big BMW goes flying by, "'60 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. "'I dialed 911 immediately. "'As he always does before leaving his house, Pearson, "'a concealed carry weapon permit holder put his pistol on his hip. "'The 911 operator asked for a license plate number, "'so Pearson moved down the street to get it. "'He had lost control of the car and almost went into a house "'at the end of the street.' Pearson said the BMW then turned around and stopped in front of a neighbor's yard where a six-year-old boy was standing about 50 yards in front of me. The driver grabs this young child and starts stuffing him in the car. Pearson said, Holy crap. He just took a child and he's trying to stuff him into the car. Pearson remembers telling the operator, Pearson is six foot four, but makes a beam pole look stocky. The kidnapper, Pearson recalls, was a similar height, but was a solid two hundred fifty pounds. He was a very big dude, and I'm not a menacing person by any means, Pearson said. I don't think I could have physically stopped the guy. It would have been super ugly if it was just me versus him. Fortunately, Pearson had a trump card, a heckler and coke. VP9 pistol legally resting on his right hip. I carry a concealed firearm everywhere I go, Pearson said. I lifted up my shirt and put my hand on my gun. Hey, stop, I said real loud. He turned and looked at me. There was just enough of a delay for the kid to get out of the car. I know he saw the firearm. With the boy out of the car and an armed citizen staring him down, the man decided to drive away. Pearson and his still holstered pistol stopped a kidnapping. Police wouldn't arrive for 17 minutes. If I didn't have a firearm, I don't think there's much I could have done, Pearson said. I I know I just quoted and read this like almost this whole article, but I I felt I had to because of how compelling this story was and actually how pretty well written it was too.
1: Yeah, not bad for journalism. Uh, So yeah, and it turned out that the would-be kidnapper was the boy's biological father, but he did not have parental rights or permission to take the child. So that kind of thing, you know, does sometimes happen. And here's another interesting thing from from the gun owner, from Pearson. He says, many years ago, I was carrying and a guy pulled a knife on a friend of mine. I quickly drew my firearm and the kid ran away. So, this is not the first time he's had to use a firearm to stop a crime. And he didn't fire that gun. You know, we we got two instances now in this man's life where he's been carrying around a gun and not had to fire it, but he has stopped a crime. And who knows what would have happened with this, you know, probably drunk driver guy coming to kidnap his son without permission if if he hadn't been there. Now, here was an interesting thought I just thought I'd point out that, that may be valuable. It mentions in here that every time Pearson leaves his home, he puts his pistol on his hip. As he always does before leaving his house, mm-hmm. Pearson, a concealed carry weapon permit holder, put his pistol on his hip. So, Bravo to him. Yeah, bravo to him to put it on. My two cents would be... Hey, we should have it on when we're in the house. You know, things can happen where there's not enough time to retrieve it. In this case, you know, timing worked out and it would have been fine. But, you know, it wouldn't have taken much for little things to change and him not to have had enough time to get that gun. Or in the amount of time it took to get the gun, he might have been too late to make a difference.
0: Yeah, and I had the same thought too. Uh, I wanted to make sure we gave him props where props were, you know, majorly de- deserved, of course. Uh, but, you know, how many times have we shared stories on the podcast where, you know, people were not ready inside their own homes because the gun is stashed away in a safe or in a far corner rather than just solving the problem quickly and immediately because it's right there on you? So, speaking of which, what what's on your hip today, Jacob?
1: Glock 43. Oh, the 43?
0: No, I'm just kidding. That's cool, man. I, I got my, my 19 on me today. So, yep. Ready and prepared. Locked and loaded. Conroe, Texas. Authorities report through kfyo.com that a woman in, North, in a North Houston suburb has shot and killed another woman who is trying to break into her home. Montgomery County Precinct 1, Justice of the Peace, Wayne Mack, says 38-year-old Marcy Green was pronounced dead at a Conroe hospital early Sunday after she was shot around midnight. Deputies say the woman inside the house told them Green first tried to get in through the front door of her Conroe area home. Then she shot her as Green went around to the back of the home and tried to get in through a door there. The shooting remains under investigation. But, uh, and I realize that's a super short and sweet, you know, story. Not really sweet, but no, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, we're, I mean, not cool. that Somebody had to die, but it's cool because this woman was at home. She was armed and she was prepared.
1: Yeah. Uh, we don't know the, the motive here, right? We're missing a lot of details for whatever reason. You got one woman who's trying to break into a house and is determined enough that when she fails at the front door, she goes around to the back door. Uh, and luckily the homeowner was, was prepared was saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be a victim today. I'm, I'm going to do what's necessary. And, you know, props to her for living to tell the tale.
0: Yep. Awesome. Final story. Out of South Carolina, Spartanburg, a burglar signaled to a woman to be quiet. Instead, she pulled out her gun and shot him. Give us the rundown.
1: So Samuel Jeter, age 42, is facing first-degree burglary charges and is being held at Spartanburg County Detention Center. He was found unresponsive when police officers followed a trail of blood to the backyard of Katrina Walker, according to multiple reports. So basically, police responded to the call of a shooting at 12.35 a.m. on Thursday, so this is a late-night deal, and they found a woman crying on the front porch and another person holding a 9mm firearm. Walker told the the reporting, the journal, that it was just after midnight when her 24-year-old daughter spotted a man in the bathroom holding a finger to his mouth, signaling her to be quiet. So this man is in the house, right? And makes eye contact with the 24-year-old girl. And and he's like, hey, shh, don't say anything. Don't say it, Be quiet. The 24-year-old instead started to scream, props to her, correct reaction. And when Walker came running to find out what had happened, the burglar Tackled Walker. The burglar allegedly demanded money from the women. Walker's daughter instead grabbed her gun and cocked it. When the burglar took off running, the 24 year old began to shoot. Spartanburg officers used a canine officer to find the burglar via the trail blood. So, you know, at first glance, it would seem that this man wanted some money, right? But it's pretty hard to totally say what he might have been willing to do to not get caught and to you know get whatever it is that he thought he needed. It also would be really easy to point at these people and say, "Hey, twenty four year old girl, you know you shouldn't be shooting at people as they run away." But in that instance, you know it's hard to armchair quarterback this. That that is perhaps a good thing to think about and say, "Hey, we shouldn't shoot at people if they're running off." But we don't know for sure if other people weren't in the home, which direction was he was going, if he had an easy method of escape, or if he still still was a perceived threat or not. What's really clear is that if I was 24 years old and I saw this man tackle, you know, somebody and was stand, you know, on top of them and yelling and doing whatever, that I'd be doing whatever it took, you know, to to, to squash this threat right now and, and retrieve that firearm and do what needs to be done. So the good news is this is a situation where there's there's two people here who had enough training, enough sense about them, to take some good action. It could have ended up really sad otherwise.
0: Yeah. It was quite a remarkable story, and uh you know I, I agree with your analysis uh that is probably the one thing in this story that stands out is that she begins to fire it says uh once he took off running, <laughs> and uh yeah, you know it's like okay uh she she likely didn't have full understanding of certain aspects of the law now, in many cases like this, district attorneys and prosecutors have great leeway as far as whether they choose to prosecute or not in this case it's i mean this is a pretty scary situation for these two women and it's you know it, it that'd be a hard conviction if you're gonna try to go after you know because it's so easy for them to uh I, it's understandable as to why they feared for their life even perhaps as he's running away um but uh yeah, crazy story. Uh, they're, they're alive and well because of the actions they took for being prepared for having a gun at least available in nearby. Speaking of being prepared, being educated, being well-trained, all of those things, one of the things that we are very passionate about is making sure we provide those resources through our membership, Guardian Nation which is one of our sponsors today of this episode, where you have the opportunity to get more training and also some really great gear because once each quarter we ship a box of gear. And Jacob and I were just reviewing this morning uh, the next items going in our next box, which ships somewhere around November 15th. So it definitely ships in November. Uh, We try to hit the 15th as our, as our date. And I think we're on track for that right now. Uh, All current guardian qualifying guardian nation members. That means you've either been a monthly paying member for at least three months, or you are a quarterly paying member or a annual member, if you're any one of those qualifying members, you're going to get one of these awesome boxes this November, just in time for the holiday season. That'll be a fun little little treat for many of you. And that's just one of the amazing benefits. Besides getting 10% off everything sold at concealedcarry.com, access to our monthly Guardian Nation live broadcast uh, events, as well as the archive of past recordings, plus online training videos that we are... Constantly working to produce and upload to the members-only area, which uh, this last week I spent a good deal of time recording some new ones. Looking forward to getting those up on the site here soon. Besides getting great training, great gear, great knowledge and information, I think it's just cool to be part of the nation at GuardianNation.com. Go join now, GuardianNation.com. And as I teased at the beginning of the episode you're going to want to be a member by midnight tonight, midnight mountain time tonight, in order to qualify to be considered in the drawing for this new custom-built zombie-themed Halloween gun, Glock 19, from Culper Precision. Yep. yep. So go join, GuardianNation.com. Today's other sponsor is Sports Field who has been a sponsor, and and we're thankful to them through many episodes. uh, They make a great handgun vault product that allows you quick and easy access to your handgun in a time of crisis. Uh, That's for those few times, I would hope, when you're not carrying on your person, such as when you're in bed, asleep. (laughs) Or sometimes you got to put it in your vehicle and and secure it in your vehicle, but you still want to have it quickly accessible. Check out Sports Afield's full line of handgun storage vaults. They're competitively priced. They work well. They're reliable. They're solid. They're secure. And also, Sports Afield has a full line of full-sized rifle safes that are incredibly well built, well made. They come. Everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Trust this 100-year-old brand. Yes, the same guys that make the Sports Field magazine since, 19, or since 1887 well over 100 years, and you will get a free one-year subscription with any purchase of a Sports Afield product. Go see the full lineup at concealedcarry.com forward slash Sports
1: Okay, there you have it. You know, I recently also published some uh, head-to-head comparison review videos comparing Sports Afield to the Gun Vault, uh, you know, comparative product. So, if you're curious, kind of how Gun Vault, you know, compares to Sports Afield, check out our YouTube channel, and you can find those.
0: Thanks for stepping in there, Jacob. While I had a coughing fit,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling it was coming.
0: It was definitely coming for a while. Hey, folks, thanks for sticking with us through another episode today. I hope you found these stories uh, valuable for you today. I hope that it, it educates you further, helps you be better prepared. I hope also our sponsors and products we talk about are helpful for you, our training tips, all of that. We know many of you enjoy the podcast due to the immense amount of positive feedback we've received uh, about the program over the last year and a half plus. And if you haven't done so already, I'd hope you'd go and just take a moment. If you have access to iTunes, that's currently really the the best place to leave a a positive review of the podcast. I hope you take the opportunity to do that. Go leave that review now. And as Jacob mentioned earlier, if you want to reach out to us about anything, if you have a question, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, a question you'd like to hear answered on the air, send us an email at podcast at concealedcarry.com, podcast at concealedcarry.com. We hope to hear from you, and we thank you all for your support of this program. So with that, we're going to bid you farewell till Wednesday's episode this week. Hopefully get it out on Wednesday. (laughs) Until then, take care. Train right, train often, train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true.